Unsexy Business with Jamie Waller. Hi, this is Jamie Waller and welcome to my new series of podcasts called Unsexy Business. The podcast ties in with the release of my new book of the same name, details on that later. In this series, I'll be talking to a range of business owners and entrepreneurs. This isn't about Silicon Valley style corporations or the latest tech initiative. This is about traditional business models, thoughts and plans that could easily have begun in a pub or your own garden shed. Simple ideas that have become multi-million pound companies. It's these stories that interest me. From plumbers to parking, penny suites to second-hand cars, I'll be meeting the people behind some of Britain's most successful businesses. Welcome to Unsexy Business. My guest this week is Reginald Larry Cole, the founder of Buy to Let Cars, the company which works on the very simple basis that you buy a car and they arrange for someone else to lease it from you. A sort of peer-to-peer investment platform for cars. Their famous radio commercials suggest an 11% return on your investment. Let's hear Reginald's story. One day, I sat down on my couch and had that light bulb moment again that tied me to Portugal to say, enough is enough, you know, with these people uh, going around to their offices and whatever, you know. They invite me over. They must have liked something on the plan. But when I went in, you know, let's not go there. But some people had a different take the moment they saw me because of the sort of monies that we were talking about. We're not talking about £20,000 to open the window cleaning business. We're talking, you know, <laughs> quite significant sums. I remember, again, Scott and I used to work together at Land Rover. And one day, again, he came around to me and said, something's different about you. You don't hang down the pub with us. You don't, you know, you're here, you're working, you stay late. Well, tell me your story. So I told him. And the next day he came to work with a loose paper, I, Reginald Cole, hereby guarantees that I will take Scott Martin with me wherever I go. Sign. <laughs> I said to him, I said, Scott, I'm going to put an advert in the paper to go direct to an investor that has money. Because I believe if I'm talking to somebody other than an institution, we can get this business done. But what I did was I didn't just put the advert in a paper and send business plans. I created professional websites that explained everything. So there was videos that explained buy-to-let cars, what it stood for, wheels for sure, what it stood for, had all the financials drawn out and everything else. And then I called the Sunday Times. I said, um, I want to put this advert together. This is my story. I spoke to the guy, his name is George. He said, yes, that'll be £4,000. It was a little, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, postage stamp type uh, advert. It would be £4,000 on insertion. I'm thinking, Jesus, <laughs> I only had £10,000 to start with, you know. I mean, so I, I, again, I think it, that, that's what prompted me to tell him the story. I said, listen, George, let me just tell you a little bit about, about me. So he listened, listened, listened. He said, uh, okay, I'll, I'll call you back. Give me your number. So he called me back. He said, listen, you've got a story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a break. We have this friends and family deal that we have at the moment where if a, if a friend of mine were to start a business or family, I could give him this rate. I'm, I don't know you from Adam, but I'll give you because you have a story. So we put the advert in. The first one went in March 11th, 2012. I came home after having dropped the kids to their mum because, oh, by the way, mum um, had taken the kids away from me. And uh, that evening opened up the computer and there was 12 emails off of my advert. The first one was a guy called Chris Hughes. Said that um, I'm looking for £100,000 now, you know, because you had to keep it realistic. Uh, I'm looking for four parts of 25 grand each. And this £100,000 will have 25% equity in this business. Go to this website to learn more about it. Something as simple as that. Chris replied, 
he was very enthusiastic about the conversations and so on and he said well when can I come down to London to see you because he lives in rugby so we planned that he came down now again preparedness is the key I had not only myself and Chris to sit down and talk had that been the case I'll tell you what he told me two weeks later I had Scott Dean my brother Desmond and Richard Everall the accountant myself we sat down I had taken um, what do you call this service office's address at 111 Buckingham Palace Road in Victoria my idea for Victoria was people in the city will come to Victoria you show them the plan and it works okay so anyway so it wasn't to impress anybody it was just central so went upstairs to the receptionist says we're downstairs a guy called Chris Hughes is going to come to see us bring him down to us so <laughs> she, brought, she brought Chris down Chris is a 69 year old man at the time or 68 and introduced Here's Dean, here's this, here's the... When he got to me, here's Reg Larry Cole, because Chris and I had never spoken, so he had no inclination what my pigmentation was. He turned bright red. So we went to the rented place that we'd had one of these offices in Grosvenor Square, I believe it's called, in Victoria there, and went there. It was all set with all the thing. And he was... It was his attention was diverted elsewhere. He'd... he'd he told me two weeks later, he said, I'd, I'd close up, you know, there was no way we were going to do business. He said, but when you showed your presentation, and within your presentation, you answered, you answered every question without me even asking the question. You, you had already thought about what an investor will be thinking about. He says, I said to myself, Chris, you cannot deny this boy, you've got to give him a chance. He said, that's the day, that's the, 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 the moment I made up my mind. I'm going to give you all the money. He says, and if you run away to Nigeria with it, fine. I could afford to lose 100 grand. Uh, he became the investor. He gave me the money. He, you know, he gave me the money. He gave me the money. It's not racism on his part, because I'll tell you for why. Even though I offered, I said, listen, let's get lawyers involved. Said, nah. No, so, so the, everything, I kept it simple, where for 100 grand you get a million pound back because I couldn't get the money anywhere else. And, you know, I wanted to, I knew this business had some, some, some mileage. That was the deal. So when I, when I give you that million pound back in however shape or form that we could do it, you give him my 25% back, which is what happened three years um, in 2015. And I gave him the a Jaguar as a, as a gift, a brand new Jag that he drives around at the Jaguar XE. He said, there was no way I could have come home and tell Alma that I've invested in a strange black guy I just met today. He said, but talking about presentation, the Amway bits, my guys forever am beating up on them. Guys, you're not using your tools. You talk too much. Let your tools speak for you. You know, we went to this exhibition on at the weekend. I was there only for a few hours on Sunday. I got as many leads as them being together for two days. Because I don't, I don't try to talk how good my speeches, I just show you, this, this, these are the facts, look, you know, and people, you know, you know, just a couple of two, three people say, yeah, let, let's do it, just call me next week with the paperwork. You're listening to Unsexy Business, and my guest this week is Reginald Larry Cole, the founder and CEO of Buy to Let Cars. I spoke to General Motors, and there's a gentleman called Simon Brown that I'd been speaking to since... April of 2008. So immediately after the welcome thing, 
whatever, I, I had this idea that we could, this idea was always there that we could do this, but it wasn't crystallized, okay? But, but you know, yeah, anyway. So I called Simon Brown, and he came down to Streatham, saw me. Then he came down to my house in Mitchum another day, and I said, Simon, you guys, you just got to give me what you give the big boys. I know I'm talking about one or two cars right now, but if you don't give me a start, it's not going to work. He listened to my case. There's some good people out there, you know. <laughs> he listened to my case. He went to Bill Perfect, who was the CEO of GM at the time. I don't know if he still is, actually. And presented my idea to say, look, this boy has a system that he's thinking of where he can sell a car that we can't sell. So Bill asked him, so what do you mean? So well, you see, that teacher would have been into our dealership. The computer would have said no, and they're walking out. This guy is going to take money from your public to fund the car, put that teacher in your product, but he's the only one that's going to do it. You know, you know, blah, blah. So, so, but he needs a deep discount, the likes of what we're giving the big boys. So Bill Perfect wrote to me, again, i got those letters in my archive someplace, and um, said, I've listened to your idea. It's a good idea. Unfortunately, uh, General Motors is exposed in the mortgage market in America quite heavily so we're literally in, in quote unquote broke so we can't entertain any other financing but we sure we'll give you the discounts we give to the big boys and so I got started so instead of instead of me having to go by by saying I want to put an order for 15 cars I could now start with two cars not a problem I had the same discount mm -hmm. and that letter that they wrote to me is what opened doors at Hyundai same thing, I went to Hyundai and said, look, Vauxhall is doing this, can we do this? They said yes. And now, of all the 14 manufacturers, only those two were approached by us. The rest have come to us. I had been talking to Global Radio before 2010. So for, I got the emails in my Yahoo from 2008 when I said, I think, I've been doing stuff to, to get to this point. And I was dealing with a particular girl called Romy. Anyway, she came in. We were at Buckingham Palace Road now. We're paying 3000 a month for a four-seater um, office. We're paying £3,000 for the, for the rental of the office. But Romy came in, and this is... I play win-win in business, not win-lose, but some people still go by the old paradigm of win-lose. She came in and charged us the same rate as you would call a caller, for example to go on LBC Radio to advertise the business. Because what we had, we had three open meetings at Grosvenor Hotel next door uh, where we invited people to come down, sit down, we'll show you the concept, and then you decide. So we started the, 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 the business. I was, I was a, the, the front runner of the business out of this. One important point is the web company that we dealt with. June 11th, our ad started on... LBC Radio, which was a Monday. Friday, the Friday preceding that date, we found out the web company that we were dealing with were crooks. The guy sent me a website. He said, yep, this is your website. I said, where's the words? He said, oh, the words. you got to pay for the words. <laughs> I said, are you kidding me? I said, hold on a minute. It's like me saying to you, come to buy a Land Rover from me. And I said, you got to pay for the engine. You know, surely... You expect that's what you get. Anyway, we did, re we did the research again. Another lesson is you need to research the company and its customers, not the forums, because forums bash me all the time. I'm not even 
concerned with them, but look for what the, the customers say about the company. Okay, if I had done that, I wouldn't have done business with them because lots of people had complained that I gave them my money and this is what happened. But I didn't do it. We had to emergency. Dean had a friend called um, Ben. We had to call him in. Can you imagine? So you're on LBC Radio and all you could do or present yourself. So we started off on, on the back foot, a landing page. People just poo-pooed on that. Look at the website. Or whatever. But we had to have something to show. Now. I was shown the plan. We had, on the first day, we had like 25 people turn up, then 22, then probably another 20. It wasn't as successful as it could have been. Again, Chris counseled me and said, uh, Reg, can I tell you something that's going to hurt? He said, go ahead, Chris. <laughs> he said, don't take this the wrong way. I said, just tell me. I, you know, I'm, I'm humble like this. He says, don't present that plan. He said, most people... They'll be looking at that and you're asking for £13,500 back then from them to buy a car, concept they need to get their head round. You're a new startup. They need to get their head round that. You see, and then they're reading all this stuff in the press about 419ers. It's just a red flag. He says, don't do it. I said, so who will do it then? He said, Scott. So Scott was in front of me. I said, Scott, Chris said you must show the plan. And Scott says... I know nothing about business and how to sell cars, but Reg, you're the best one. And, and, and Chris said, no, 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 let him show the plan. So what, what did that mean? Here I was putting Scott that only had sold cars and not being a business person like myself before that would argue the, the case with you. And we just burnt leads. <laughs> yeah, because I, I had to give him the space to grow. You know, there was no point in me getting in, otherwise it wouldn't be effective. So leads were coming in, saying, oh, Scott, we show the plan. I'm sitting there cringing. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Say it this way. Bottom line is we ran out of money. Uh, so Chris came from India. He had just spent £100,000 on his trip to India. In fact, it cut it short because where they wanted to go, Michelle, Michelle and Barack Obama were in India, and they couldn't go there, and they came back. Just a private plane and everything as they came back. And... He called a meeting, you know, I, I reached out. I thought, well, if you just spend 100 grand on a holiday, you can, you can invest another 100 grand. <laughs> and uh, he said, we met him at Heathrow someplace, service station, had coffee. He said, let me tell you something. You've been broke once, you're about to go broke again. I'm not giving you a penny. It's not money you need. You need to think. You need to go meet the people in a sign written car. That's Scott he's talking to now. Scott, you need to go meet the people in a sign written car. Show them the technology. Let them see physical evidence of how the things work. They see a car, they see the technology that you have in there, and blah, blah, blah. Better than just talking. Move from Buckingham Palace Road, and I'm thinking, Jesus, if we move from Buckingham Palace Road, how's that going to look you know, to investors, you know, and blah, blah, blah. So we did move. Since my missus had left home, the kids' room was vacant, so we put a dining table up there, two computers back-to-back, we had BT phones. We also had a very good relationship with the people at um, Buckingham Palace Road. So when we were leaving, not only did they help us to leave so that our computers wouldn't, because we're in arrears now, wouldn't be seized by Regis, they helped talk to the management that these guys, if they ever get into money again, they will make good, which we did. You know, And they gave us the, the, the option to say, if you want to have meetings downstairs, you want us to let you in, we can also do that. So anyway, 
Scott and I face to face. Um, his wife is screaming, why did you leave your job to follow this stupid dream? And <laughs> I had no wife to scream at me, you know, just, uh, just sleepless nights. But anyway, we put the money still in the Sunday Times and we advertise the business. People will call. They'll say, we want to come to your offices. No, 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 we'll come to you. So Scott will go over the car. <laughs> Scott will go over the car and show the plan. And people would say, yeah, it makes sense. I'll have a go. I'll, I'll start with one unit, so on and so forth. One unit, two units. My dad was the first black managing director for British and American Tobacco Company, BAT at the time. And growing up, we had everything. So we had, in fact, the house where I grew up is now owned by the president of Sierra Leone. That tells you uh, a lot. Growing up, we grew up in a vast um, land with three houses that were all for our use. So we had the main house here. We had the middle house, which was a games house and guest house and a guest cottage swimming pool uh, we had we had the use of 13 vehicles chef um, security day and night uh, and then and then um, my dad decided to resign the position because there was there was death threats on his life then he started his own farm won continental um, yeah continental awards about five or six of them and that drew the attention of the then president, Shaka Stevens, who said, I want in the business, like a Chris Hughes, I want in your business. And my dad said, no, 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 I'm not into politics, I'm, I just want to do my stuff. Overnight, they changed the laws to say that, well, if you are, if you're planting tobacco on an industrial scale, you can't export it yourself. So you have to sell through the government. And what they did was... Um, uh, my dad harvested 20 acres worth of tobacco, prime tobacco, which was uh, flu cured and whatever else they do. Um, and then uh, that was $300,000 in 1978, $300,000, if you multiply it's about $3 million today. And um, that was shipped to Holland to a gentleman called Mr. DeBurst. He paid the money to the government, but my dad didn't receive a penny till he died. That's life. <laughs> that's, that's it. Don't forget, there are 11 business leaders in this series, all with different stories about how they took a very simple idea and transformed it into a multi-million pound success. Sometimes traditional thinking really does pay. All of the interviews featured in Unsexy Business are also featured in my new book of the same name. There you can read the more in-depth stories behind these entrepreneurs and their impressive journeys to success. There's also one or two anecdotes that we couldn't possibly put into the podcast, along with hundreds of tips on how you can start and build a successful business too. If you get over to Amazon, you can buy a hard copy or digital version of Unsexy Business now. It is also for sale in most major bookshops, including Waterstones and WH Smith. And remember, if you enjoyed this podcast, then please subscribe on your podcast app. This means that you'll get each new episode automatically. Do join me next time, and until then, goodbye. Goodbye.